Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Well, I tell you something, it is all go in the village today, people. I'll paint a picture for you. I've just eaten an entire packet of Percy pigs. They were vegan. The vegan Percy pigs do taste a little different. I'm not going to say the non-vegan ones are better. It's just a different experience. And... I'm now washing that down with a cup of tea and half a bar of chocolate. Now, chocolate following jelly sweets just kind of makes you feel queasy, but that's what's happening. I'm speaking my truth, let me tell you, listeners. And why is it all go? Well, I'm looking out over, so in front of my house is a little green. I'm looking out over the village green, and there is a school trip sitting in front of the house because I think I'm trying to work it out. I think they're Duke of Edinburgh. It's a school trip, they've been walking. Lots of good walking around where I am, you see. Some of them are walking around in their sleeping bags. Um, a little strange, yes. I'm probably 16 years old. I don't know. Um, ashamed to admit that when somebody is sort of 21 and under, I'm, I struggle to really tell their age now, which is a sign of ageing of my, of my own. Uh, a bit like when they say, you know, you're getting old because the policemen start looking young. So they're all milling about on the village green and I'm transported back to my own school trips and thinking about, I was talking about with my husband, William, who was here a minute ago and now has gone upstairs. We we're talking about what school trips were like for us being on the coach. I was in my element on the coach. I loved being on the coach, going somewhere. I'd always sit at the back. I'd chat, chat, chat away, play games. And it was my favourite thing in the world. He was saying, hated being on a coach. Make of that what you will, listeners. And anyway, so these kids look absolutely exhausted. They've obviously been up all night. Uh, I've been walking miles. Don't know. What do you do on Duke of Edinburgh? You go walking, don't you? I think that's what you do. I obviously, it's something I swerved. Little too much physical activity for me. Um, welcome to Homo Sapiens. This is a delightful episode we've got for you. We've got none other than activist, actress, and international supermodel Lily Cole on the podcast today. Lily is really fascinating. Lots of you will probably have heard of her first was when she was a supermodel. And she then started to advocate for a more kind of sustainable approach to fashion. And then has really found her place at the forefront of climate activism. And her podcast, Who Cares Wins, and her book, Who Cares Wins, kind of explores all the different ways that we can positively impact the planet. And Lily is somebody who... Uh, sort of in more recent years uh, has started to talk about her own sexuality and talking about identifying as queer and we talk 
all about that and just very, very interesting. She is someone who always really interested me because, you know, with those big, if you get to like super success like she did very young, uh, you've got a lot of power that can be, you know, you can either choose to harness it or not. And she really took that, all that sort of power that she had as a supermodel and tried to do things with it and try and work in sustainability. And actually, I think quite interesting that often those people who do that uh, get attacked more than people who are doing nothing, which is really odd. And we talk about that and why, like, why do we, you know, dissemble people who are trying to make a difference? Um, and she's really interesting. And it's a really fun chat because we're kind of talking, as we're talking, she was like sending me photos and things and we'll put them all in the show notes so you can see what she is also talking about and fascinating stories of this, um, this film she did and lots, lots of very interesting things to come up. Um, have you caught up with last week's episode with Edward Enenful? Lovely chat. Lots of lovely messages from you. Somebody got in touch saying it was absolutely wonderful. One of my favourites ever. I could listen to him non-stop. You two, of course, but he takes the credit this week. That was from Alan. Thank you, Alan. Uh, not Alan coming. Listener Alan, that is. Thank you very much. He does take the credit. He was very, he's got a lovely soothing voice, hasn't he? He's got a lovely, lovely soothing way about him, that Edward. If you haven't listened, it's available on the feed, as they say. Keep emailing us with all your comments and thoughts and things. Send me your anonymous agony uncles to be answered, and they will be answered anonymously. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com or at Homo Sapiens on Instagram. Just tell me what you've been getting up to. This week, we were asking you, because I thought it was very interesting, that the FA claims LGBT... The FA being the Football Association, claims LGBTQ plus fans won't be arrested for kissing or holding hands at the Qatari World Cup. I mean, I just... I have so many questions. Anyway, so I put it out on social media saying to you lot, saying thoughts. What are your thoughts? Print 71 says, only as long as they look what the police will think a tourist will look like, if at all. Yeah, it's not, it's kind of unclear. Chris says, even if it's true, it's just plastering over very problematic cracks. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's so strange to say, oh, don't worry. If if you're a fan, then you won't be uh, arrested. But... Who's going to be there checking that that doesn't happen? It just makes no sense. T.A. Goodson says, I don't trust them. Herbie says, I smell BS. BS being bullshit for anyone who, who doesn't know. Even if this was true, how horrible is that for queer people who actually live there? Such an interesting point, Herbie. The idea that if you live there and you are living under certain, you know, things you can't do, to then hear that people who come into your country can do different things... Very sad. Very true, Herbie. Dreaming of Roka says, let's all go. So we've got coming in from right from the other side. Very positive. KM747 says, the FA hasn't changed anti-LGBT laws in Qatar. So the risk of PDAs remains high. Exactly. If the law's the law, I, I'm not talking about whether it will happen or not. I don't feel safe doing it. I don't even feel comfortable. I was talking about this last night. I don't feel comfortable walking down the street holding my husband's hand. Not because I think anyone's going to attack me. It's not that. It's just, it's not a totally relaxing thing for me. And that's that. So if I'm in somewhere where there is, you know, it's illegal, I just wouldn't bother, you know. It, it's, it's not it's not soothing to hear that for me as a queer person. Interestingly, though, when I went down Oxford Street the other week in London, I saw so many couples, queer couples holding hands, and it just lifted my heart. Um... Mr. Dean says, I don't believe it. Rose says, claims doesn't feel sure enough. Exactly. Dan says, 
I don't believe it for a second. And if it can happen for football, make it happen for their people. Rob says, on the one hand, great, a large organisation is stepping up, but also seems risky. Are the FA representatives going to be everywhere to stop this? Also, why are they pausing these backwards legal practices just for football? Queer people are present always, not just when a football circus rolls in. Quite right, Rob. And it feels like you know that something's wrong. It's like you're going to someone's house for dinner and they're inviting this person that is horrible, shouts at everybody and is really mean to everybody. But the person having the dinner goes, oh, don't worry, I've, I've asked them not to shout at you, you know? And you're like, that's not really good enough. Treat the cause, not the symptom, as my father always used to say. You've got to go to the heart, go to the root of it. But I tell you why, because loads of money's being made. This is the problem. Berenice says, bare minimum, this whole World Cup feels like a big joke. I'll probably be boycotting it. You go for it, Berenice. I think I've boycotted every World Cup in my own special way by just not even knowing when it's on. So that's really sad and frustrating. And I'm pleased to hear from you all about that. Now, emails. Let's have a look. This is from Alan. I just listened to your conversation with Andy Butler and wanted to write in to thank you for making that wonderful space. So Andy Butler being Hercules in Love Affair. This is me interrupting. Uh, I wanted to thank you for making that wonderful space for those of us on the queer periphery. As someone who has spent the better part of the last 20 years trying to find my place within various gay communities, I've always felt a bit alienated musically. I grew up severely closeted in the early 90s in Boston's very white and conservative suburbs, and I gravitated to the grunge and alternative music scenes of the time, finding myself at home in their countercultural ethos. Interesting. I've never been really able to identify with the gay canons pop divas, and even after almost 20 years since coming out, most pop music still eludes me. I've often assumed my distaste has more to do with internalised homophobia than anything else and have spent some time trying to appreciate the likes of Lady Gaga and Beyonce. But I'm finally coming to terms with the fact that while it can be fun to dance to, I just don't have to love pop. Thanks again, Alan. So true, Alan. You know, it's interesting because we always are sort of second-guessing ourselves, I suppose, or checking with ourselves as to whether why we're doing something is because of internalised homophobia or maybe we just don't want to do it, or da, 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 you know. I think it's all about acknowledging the freedom that you can find your own version of being queer, how you can find your own way. And what is fascinating, and I don't know if you agree with this, listeners, I don't know if you agree with this, Alan, it's actually as simple as whatever you think it, you are is the correct version. But it takes us a while to get there. We're always looking for, I suppose, where there is solidarity, and that's so natural. But you don't have to like pop. What kind of music are you into then, Alan? Because I see you're saying about the indie scene. I gravitated to the grunge and alternative music scene. You said not indie. Well, similar. Uh, Alan, top three songs. Please write in. Tell us your top three songs. And maybe I'll put one on the Homo Sapiens playlist. If you don't subscribe to it, go to the link in bio on Instagram and subscribe. Lots of you are following. I added a new song. I added a Rina Sawayama song this week. I'm always adding. I've been listening to lots of where you go on Spotify and you just press go to radio. It creates a radio station out of one song you like. And um, the Gap Band, Outstanding, which is on the Homo Sapiens playlist. Uh, it's one of my favourite songs. I love it. And I was just, and it sort of takes, if you create a radio station around it, it's sort of lots of like 70s soul and funk 
uh i think it's funk anyway it's disco actually sorry disco love disco oh now listeners we've got some um money to raise here we got an email from daniel who is running the london marathon hi chris and the homo sapiens team i love it when people write to the team as well so thank you daniel I was delighted to see that in 2023, the London Marathon is opening a non-binary category. This is fantastic. This feels like huge progress and would love to hear your and the viewers' thoughts and reactions to this progress. On the 2nd of October, I am running the London Marathon for the first time. I'm running on behalf of Micro Rainbow, who are an amazing non-profit supporting the migration of LGBTQIA plus fleeing persecution from countries where it's dangerous or illegal to be themselves. I never thought I would be able to run a marathon as like so many other queer people, my experiences of sport and physical education was very damaging. Yes. It took years to raise my self-worth and uncover that running can be for everyone regardless of who they are. By London Marathon offering a non-binary category, it offers those people like myself an opportunity to feel seen, heard and represented. Should you or your listeners want to support Micro Rainbow, the link is attached. And that is uh, justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash Daniel dash G-R-O-O-M, Daniel Groom. Thank you for your podcast. It's brilliant. And I've been a listener from the start. Much love, Daniel, brackets, he, they are, that's Daniel's pronouns. Well, this is wonderful, Daniel. First things first, you're amazing for running the marathon. You're also amazing for running the marathon and raising money for Micro Rainbow, this non-profit organization who we should also all check out. Uh, the non-binary thing, I think, is fantastic. And, you know, Dr. Ronks was sharing this thing on their Instagram. Dr. Ronks is trans non-binary. They are a doctor. They're coming on this podcast. I keep talking about them coming on. They are, but it just hasn't been released yet they posted this thing about being able to say on their forms trans non-binary there's actual options for that now and that's real progress uh there's things about it that aren't perfect which they say if you look at their instagram you can see but uh i don't know i just find it really odd that sometimes you are looking on forms when you're trying to fill out an online form and it'll be like mr mrs miss you know and then it'll be like lord lady or doctor even and I don't understand why we can't just amend the options. I mean, what percentage of the people are lord or lady or what percentage of the people are doctors? But we are totally get behind that being an option as a prefix. And I don't know why we won't improve things. So to see the marathon doing it is absolutely fantastic. And the bigger the organisations who start doing this, the better. You know, the more you see it, the more it will become... Uh, ubiquitous that's the word big word so i think it's fantastic and well done marathon and well done daniel groom daniel so i've run the marathon twice um first time i got four hours 13 i think and then the second time i think i got four hours 20 first time loved it uh listened to one song the whole way around because i made a whole playlist and I found as soon as I started running the marathon, if I changed the song, it made me lose my concentration. So I listened to one song on this playlist of like a hundred songs that I've made, which was Coldplay's Every Teardrop is a Waterfall, which is not even a song I love, if I'm honest. But it had this perfect build, it gradually built. So I listened to that on repeat for four hours 20 or whatever the time, four hours 13 I got on the first time. I did it better the first time, I remember that. Second time, I listened to Whitney Houston Step by Step on repeat the entire way round. I've thoroughly enjoyed the marathon, actually. I thought it was an amazing thing. 
really enjoyed the training. Like you say, like I didn't do any exercise because exercise was traumatic as a teenager, as a queer kid. And then I actually loved it. I loved feeling my body and feeling my body being alive and working. And that is something that I had completely withdrawn from. And uh, so fantastic thing. So I hope you have a wonderful experience doing it, Daniel. I want you to send us your time. We're going to put the link to Daniel's thing in the show notes so we can raise some money and best of luck. Oh, hang on. Here we go. The Duke of Edinburgh kids on the school green, on the green from the school, out the front of the house are, um, looks like they're leaving. Someone's done a very brave thing of parking their van to collect these children, they're probably adults, uh, parking their van over the neighbour's gate. It's not going to go down very, very well, let me tell you. Still that one child milling around in a sleeping bag, which is a little upsetting. Um, we're going to go and listen to Lily Cole now. She's amazing. Really, really interesting. Buckle up is all I'll say. It's It's quite the ride. And it's just a wonderful chat. Here you go. I come to you fresh off the back of seeing you in the split. Oh, cool. Yeah. How did that come about? You were brilliant, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, Thank you very much. It just sort of came about as these things do. Um, I don't do much acting anymore. I've sort of just changed my relationship to it such that I just see what the universe wants to send. And occasionally (laughs) the universe sends things that feel really appropriate to whatever I'm going through in my life or... I don't know, interesting or whatever. And that was one of those that came through and I was like, ah, yeah, it's kind of spoke to a part of my journey. And I was like, and it also just seemed like quite good fun. And it was quite good fun um, and quite quick and easy to do. So, yeah. Because it's not, um, well, tell me a bit about your character and your storyline in the show. So I'm playing a woman who is in a lesbian relationship and wants to have a baby and becomes uh, pregnant with a male friend of hers and theirs. And then I think in the process of that, it became a bit confusing, like her feelings for the guy and what that relationship was about and the whole situation between the three of them sort of implodes um, Mm. in quite a dramatic way. Would you say that's a good summary? I mean, it's a while since I made it, but that's my memory of it. It's a great summary. And it was, I don't know, I was watching you and going... God, it's so tough because this is a bit like annoying, boring industry speak. But you had to turn up and do all that probably in one or two days. And it's very big emotional stuff. And you're the new kid on the block in those scenes, I imagine, where you're kind of standing with people who work together all day, every day. And you have to like get dropped in and have a big emotional, you know, hope there's no spoilers in this statement. But, you know, an emotional moment. Um, And it has to, you know, you've got to do it and do it on. I just find I don't know. I'm a director and I don't know how actors do it. (laughs) No, no, it's a very it's a very good, true observation. I once did um, a doc drama about Elizabeth the first. And that was a sort oh, of yeah. extreme version of that where because it was because of the format of being a doc drama, they just like pulled out all of the most dramatic moments of her life and strung them together. <laughs> and I was just like, I remember just feeling like this is so weird because you just go in from one drama. to another. It's a bit how my diary reads, I think, because I only ever write my diary when life's dramatic. So if anyone, really? if anyone read it back, it would just be like, oh, my God. <laughs> 
all the all the mundane realities cut out yeah <laughs> you've got to make sure you put the date in the corner so people if anyone does read it they're not like wow her week was mad well i actually just started um, a new practice a friend recommended called the five the five minute diary have you heard of this no what is it it's as the name implies that you write five minutes every day um a kind of list of like gratitude intention setting um observation and that has felt really good and also maybe makes me seem a bit more sane (laughs) (laughs) and does uh is this sort of like adjacent to journaling yes 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 for me personally I don't know if one has to do but yeah for me yeah because I so um what's that book I think it's behind me the artist's process or something Mm -hmm. the artist's way that's it yeah who's that by I can't remember the author but I know the book yeah I read it many years ago me I didn't even probably read it I just started journaling (laughs) And I had the book and I read about four pages. I, I, I'm going to spend time journaling, not reading. So I bought the book, obviously got the book exactly right, got the pen exactly right, did like two days and then didn't stick to it. Yeah, yeah. I have to say my five minute diary has slipped a bit, but <laughs> <laughs> felt good for a few weeks. <laughs> this is my excuse to myself. One, I could just commit to things and stay committed so that's that. But also, sometimes I find that it opens your mind up to the space that you're in when you do those kinds of things. And you're like, oh, it's that. Okay. And then I can find other routes into it, if that makes any sense at all. So like, I'll give you a parallel. Like, I was talking about meditation, right? And, you know, the that app, whatever it's called, Headspace and trying to do Headspace and, you know, improve one's mental health and all those things while you're like, actually fried. And then I, I started doing it and I was like, oh, that takes me to a very similar place to running, actually. It's quite like centred, your mind is only on one thing. So now I run instead of meditating. But I, I was able to to find mm. out what that was and that headspace. And I suppose maybe the journaling thing is the same. You don't have to do it as much as they say, but it's just about finding a little time to focus on sharing your thoughts or processing your thoughts. And also maybe just knowing that it's there, you know, as an option. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't journal mm. every day, but I do ever so often. And I always know that when that urge comes, when I feel like I'm processing a lot, that I've got that it's kind of just, it's a space I can go to. Um, yes. That's really helpful for me. Well, that's good. Are you somebody who is, um, someone told me I was this, they said you're a, you're a seeker. So apparently it's like a, personality type where you're like you're always trying to look for a new thing or find a new discovery about understanding yourself or the world in a better way do you think that's yeah possibly I think I'm very curious and that probably aligns to seeking right which is why I love a self-help book because I'm like oh (laughs) it could all be in this thing and I only ever read half of it I mean when I say half I know but that, I know that. Really? Have you ever read any good ones? Ones that you've loved? I thought you have you ever finished a book? Have you ever read a book? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Mm, Literally, I know, right? <laughs> I'm like looking behind me going, have any of these I've finished? <laughs> any good ones that have crossed your path slash desk? Good self-help books. Gosh, my mind's going blank right now. I do, I mean, this five-minute journal, I have to say, I am big into it. I would recommend it because mm. it's, um, it's also not like, you know how self-help books can sometimes become really annoying and sappy and preachy. This one sort of quite quickly and pithily tells you why this is a good practice and then you get on with it, mm. which I quite like. Yes. If I think of others during the course of our conversation, I'll throw them in. We'll, we'll put a buzzer on the table and you can buzz with a new suggestion each yeah. time it, it happens. I also think, sorry, the sub, sometimes the best self-help is not actually like 
packaged as self-help. It's just finding a book that speaks to the thing that you're processing at that time. Um, mm, so actually, nice. like randomly, The Argonauts. I mean, that probably sounds like a weird example oh, to yeah. give, but Maggie Nelson's book, The Argonauts, helped uh-huh. me when I was processing a certain, um, like my like of coming into feminism, and it helped me sort of process that. But it's not a self-help book, but it helped myself. Well, that's, that myself. could be. <laughs> <laughs> that's a table at Waterstones. Self-help books that aren't self-help books. Totally, I can see that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I wanted to ask you about your own personal journey towards queerness, because I know that's a sort of new development publicly for you. Would that be right? How has that been? You know, the, uh, has it been something that has felt liberating? Yeah, it's felt really amazing. Um, and I'm happy I'm happy to talk to you about it in this context, because I know you have a lovely queer community. There's a lot of people who write in who have described so much of what the realization in the few, past few years that actually it, you can be many things has meant that people have, you know, f- felt Deborah Francis White speaks about it, felt the need to kind of say what perhaps has been around for a while, but hadn't didn't have the words for. Or I don't know. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. what your version was. I'm friends with her. I listened to your, um, your mashup oh, episode you? with her, which was nice. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Love. Yeah. The guilty homo sapien. Um, <laughs> yeah. aptly named because obviously as you know shame is a big part of it I think for me yeah. um, it took me a long time to like let go of shame and to genuinely actually be really proud of the fact that I'm attracted to women as well as men and maybe mm-hmm. in future other sexualities I don't know you know um, other non-binaries yeah. so far women and men um, I think that I had like internalised some sort of like uh, shame or homophobia whatever from whatever you know like the typical thing like we're in school they use lesbian as a slur and yeah you watch friends and tv and you know so all the cultural references made everything feel very straight and made lesbian yeah. or anything gay feel very negative and so even though i'd had like several experiences i'd really enjoyed with women i had always sort of just put that in a box in my head of like i would never be in a relationship with a woman you know like mm-hmm. that it was like I don't know. I just sort of didn't investigate it. And then late Mm. 20s, I started to um, really feel the need to investigate that and had a relationship with a woman that was really amazing and felt really great. And in the process of that, and also doing ayahuasca, I think actually helped me 
realized I was carrying a lot of shame to let go of. And I chose the word queer when I came, I kind of mentioned it like loosely in my book. And I chose the word mm. queer because I really love the kind of looseness of the word queer and the openness of it. I don't like the idea of like having to tell everyone who I'm having sex with. And so I didn't like the idea of being too prescriptive about what I am. Yes. Um, and also if I was forced, I probably would say bisexual at this point, but I also really like the kind of, I respect the growth of the kind of non-binary consciousness and I don't know, bisexual yeah. felt a bit like um, binary. Yeah, I just think it feels, um, so for example, Alan, who I used to host this podcast with, identifies as bisexual. That's absolutely as valid as everything. But in some respects, I, I love the word queer because it's it's not cowing to asking people who want an, a, a, an assessment from you. What are you? You know what exactly. I mean? It's like, do you know what? And I think I'll I had enough that. of that as well, especially like being in the public eye from such a young age and like having all my relationships like made public and scrutinized. I sort of was yes. like, I don't want to, I felt really conflicted because part of me was like, I've always been so private about my private life. Why would I have to tell mm. anyone anything? And then part mm. of me felt like if I didn't say anything, I'm also sort of like closeting myself and continuing this like some history of shame. So I, I felt quite mm. conflicted for a while and um, ultimately decided yeah, to just mention it lightly in the book. Yes, because that's actually why I, why I sort of prefaced it with the question because it was mentioned so lightly in the book. I was like, maybe that's all you want to say about it, if you know what I mean, and which would, it would be completely fair enough. But then it's like that push pull because it's like, well, but then I want to represent and help yeah. um, people understand that they <laughs> anyone can be anyone. And but it's interesting because I think the bisexual. Uh, what well, I was talking to Chaparat Corsandi. Do you know who I mean? A comedian. Yeah. Okay. And she used to go by Shappy Corsandi and then she changed her name. So Shaparak said, as a bisexual woman, which is how uh, she identifies, she said, it can be easier to choose the path that is the straight path because you've got two options to you. And so you sort of just do that because one contains, you know, uh, a lot more hard work. And actually, if you like both, then why not? But then you don't feel true to yourself. And actually, why should you be ashamed of there being nuance within your life? I mean, I'm so actually, I'd be really interested to hear other things you've heard from, yeah, like people from the bisexual community, because I think it is quite particular. Um, mm. The straight path, I think, is easier, yeah, culturally, but also from a purely statistical perspective, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, I mean, depending, I guess, where you hang out, but um, I don't really like hang out in gay bars. So it's like, statistically, it's much easier to meet straight guys than to meet um, bisexual lesbian women and also to know that those women are open to that and to not feel predatory and trying to figure that out is a bit yes. of a head fuck for me um yes or has been so yeah i do think it's been easier and i also think there's a funny thing that like if you're with a if you if you want to be monogamous if you're with as a bisexual person if you're with a woman then you're often assumed to be gay as a woman um mm. and if you're with a man you're often assumed to be straight and it's almost like you can't exist as the duality that you are if that makes sense yeah and also like bisexuality can also be um an adjacent to the gateway to being gay you know what i mean people go i'm bisexual and they go you're just gay or and so therefore it gets it it feels like this thing that people trudge through and mess up and it actually is its own identity but people can't quite get their heads around it for some reason and I think that's why that storyline in the split was quite resonant because she's that character yeah. is drawn to obviously a woman and a man simultaneously and is like working through that. 
And I think for me, yeah, I had a kind of period where I was like, well, am I gay? You know, like I was trying to work out and it took me a bit mm. of time to work out. No, no, no. Like I just, I can just fall in love with a person, you know, and they might happen to yes. be a man or happen to be a woman, but it's not, it's not their body that's necessarily making me fall in love with them, you know, um, yeah. so they can manifest in different ways. And also it's kind of like we, we, we have an, a tendency to internalize the questions of the people around us and actually what we need to remind ourselves what I need to remind myself of is like I don't know maybe it's all fluid who cares you know whereas you're like what am I what am I lying to myself about what have I not discovered what have I not you know what am I hiding from myself (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) you know it's all sort of like your daily mail headlining yourself almost (laughs) (laughs) what are my secret desires and you're like actually maybe it's just it is this and if in this moment I like this person then that's that and that the discovery of that is wonderful and um and a nutritious process to be like oh I can just be me yeah, and not needing to be an identity, right? Yeah, which is why queer is wonderful. Yeah. But I find queer is this word that really divides people. Like a couple of people have written in saying, I don't like the use of the word queer to this podcast. Why? Because it has connotations from the past of being a slur, you know, and things yeah. like that. But like, and like we didn't use the word queer when we started this podcast. We used LGBTQ+. But isn't sort of like the whole project of of well, not the whole project but part of the project of reclaiming queer is reclaiming it right is 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 being mindful of the fact that it was used as a negative and mm. and therefore kind of taking it back and making it positive would you not say for me 100 percent. but i think in the same regards that like nothing is binary i think also people's opinions aren't going to be binary about yeah, it and you want to interestingly not offend people but then i you know i can't i love queer as an inclusive word I feel like we're all one big family and I think it in one word, in one word only, acknowledges all the spectrum. Whereas LGBTQIA plus is is still missing people out. And it's also quite a mouthful. It's a mouthful. But you know, that's the the IA plus are feel as alone as we do. You know what I mean? We did. We're, but we're lucky, you know, we have euphoria. And uh Which I haven't <laughs> seen know, yet, queerest, but I hear it's great. Folk. Ah, uh, it's great. It was like I was actually funny. You were talking about earlier. I was I loved Euphoria, and I when you were talking about Friends and how it was so dismissive of queer people when we were younger, and or it was gay people actually, to be honest. Um, and uh, it was like I said to these people yesterday. I said, "Isn't it? Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if we'd had that when we were kids?" Because you know, like just a, a program to point to and go, "Look, that person's trans. That person's this. That person's everything. That person's fluid." And then the person was like, "Yeah, with a lot of crystal meth, basically, like a lot of drugs." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that bit." <laughs> so, my daughter this morning, um, we have these little worry doll dolls from Guatemala. You know, the little like oh, cool. dolls you put under the bed, like a kids thing that you like tell your worry okay. to and you put it sleep and. Oh, I love that. Anyway, I she had she had two, and these two are like dressed as little girls. And this morning, she put them kissing each other, like hugging each other, or I don't know, just like cuddling. Sweet. And then said to me, she was like, "Mom, do you know that sometimes girls kiss each other?" She just apparently <laughs> seen a film with her dad. I don't know which last week, where there been two girls who kissed each other. And I was like, "Yeah, oh. of course." And there's like, and that's beautiful, and there's nothing wrong with that. And she was like, "Yeah, I know, it's great." I was just telling you, and I just thought, God, it's so nice this generation depending obviously on the context and the place but the availability mm. i think of like those references being normalized and celebrated mm. is quite a big shift from mine and your generation i reckon so 100 um, it'll be beautiful to see what the kind of 
what the outcome of that will be, you know. That's the end of part one. Stay tuned for more in part two. Part two is on the feed. Head there, get a click in, then get a listen in. You're going to love it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.